Hey guys, this is Joshua Luckett, uh, your host. Welcome to the Moral Minority Show. Um, I am excited, well, both disheartened and excited to announce. Uh, you know, you've noticed that Kennedy has been on the show um, pretty consistently the last few episodes, and that is because Kennedy is actually coming on to be um, my new co-host on the show. Um, Joel uh, is uh, just doing a lot of awesome, cool, adventurous stuff, and uh, juggling a podcast uh, was uh, was hindering him from doing a lot of cool, awesome stuff. So Joel is still, of course, a friend of the show. Of course, would love to have him on um, in the future sometime. Um, but just like Nina, he's off to bigger and better. I I guess I'm just relegated to being a pathetic. Co uh, host on a podcast because every everyone everyone's <laughs> going and doing. But Nina Nina Nina's got a dope job. Joel's doing fun stuff, and then there's Josh still just making a podcast. Um, but Kennedy, we're I'm you know I'm super excited to have you um, co-host with me and officially be a part of the show. And uh, just just briefly, are is there anything that you would like to? to say or how do you, you know, whatever. Um, this is, this is your acceptance speech. I appreciate it. You know, uh, I'm honored. No, uh, yeah, no, I'm excited to be on. I was obviously listening, um, to all of your stuff before for like the show. Um, so I just want to, I guess, yeah, I thank Joel. Uh, I thought Joel did a tremendous job. Um, understatement. Yeah. Like really an understatement. Um, and uh, so did Nina. And so, mm -hmm. uh, you know, but yeah, no, definitely. I wish they honestly Joel was still with us, I know. the three of us. But uh, but no, yeah. If he ever wants to come on, I'd love to have him. Uh, what? A, yeah. What? A, what a pod it would be of yeah. all four well, of I, us I, were I, together. You know, yeah. like, uh, but you know, uh, people people do really awesome stuff in life. Um, but uh, but uh, today's episode is actually going to be really fun. Uh, we are going to talk about the history of black media um and bring it from kind of the early 20th century up until the modern era and uh before we get started i am not a historian we are not authorities on the topic this is just kind of an overview based off of of course being black people and indulging in a significant <laughs> amount of black media um and kind of the basically what we really want to talk about in this episode is the impact um, of how black media, the impact that black media has, defining black media, understanding how it reflects and emulates a lot of cultural perceptions, um, and uh, and and really having a conversation to see where can black media go, what are the as black people are moving more and more towards with some massive hurdles, liberation. Um, what, it, what, what is it going to continue to look like as we, as you know, uh, the black media space continues to evolve? Mm -hmm. And that's, that's, uh, that's stupid, exciting. And uh, I'm really excited for this episode. Um, so kind of to, to get us going, of course, we need to define our terms. What is black media? 
and so Kennedy, if you if you have just like a just like a even even if it's just like a hey this isn't well thought out but when i when i think of black media this is kind of where i'm going how how would you define black media and like what are what are like obvious forms of black media that you personally enjoy and indulge in mm-hmm. um yeah so i kind of think about pretty much any time uh camera is there and a black person is there. <laughs> which, is which is great. Which is great. It's honestly a very appropriate definition, especially mm-hmm. as we're about to get into what we're talking about. Yep. And, and like, honestly, like, so what happens with, one, the reason that, like, black media is difficult to define is because here we are in 2023, the year of our Lord, and... Defining blackness is difficult. Mm. (laughs) So the idea of defining (laughs) black media is difficult. But I love that definition because I think it's important. I think it's Mm. right. Honestly, that would be my similar definition. Mm. um, That black media is whenever a black person is behind a camera. Mm. And that's kind of going to be kind of the center and kind of the root of and the core of a lot of our conversation today. Because uh, essentially blackness was not an idea that was created by African slaves. Mm -hmm. It was an idea that was created by white supremacist slave masters and slave traders. Mm -hmm. The idea of blackness, and basically it was this idea of, it was juxtaposed to whiteness. Mm -hmm. Whiteness being the pinnacle of intelligence, innocence, nobility, virtue, you know, um, power, resources, um, you know, the height of any society was considered whiteness in the idea of racist white supremacist ideology. And blackness was essentially considered the other, the, the opposite of whiteness and was essentially an idea um, that was created to, uh, to demean and basically to create an inferior caste and class. Mm-hmm. Um, so in many ways, like, it's, it's always funny when, you know, you have the classic debates amongst black people. Wh- who's black? What is blackness? Well, originally that was defined by the oppressor. Mm-hmm. And what's happened over time is we've taken that term and tried to bring dignity and honor and nobility to it by tactfully navigating white supremacy um, through a significant amount of cultural and uh manifestations and ideological manifestations and honestly that's i at the base core of it i I, that's how i define blackness Mm -hmm. because like yeah what you know what is blackness well in in the context of the atmosphere of white supremacy it's just whatever cultural mechanisms you have devised Mm -hmm. in order to not be completely submerged into white supremacy. Mm-hmm. What, the way you eat, the way you dress, the way you talk, the way you engage with one another, the way you view the world, all of these things are just distinctly survival tactics against uh, atmosphere of white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And every black person is gonna do that differently. Like, because it, if you're in the hood, there's a way you're going to have to do that as opposed to if you're in the suburbs, there's a way you're going to have to do that as opposed to if you're biracial, there's a way you're going to have to do that. If you're, you know what I'm saying? Like there's so right. many different ways to, to live out 
mm-hmm. that reality. So with that definition of blackness, um, basically the idea of black media is, um, of course, it's like most central forms are like film, TV shows, etc. But how a baseball player is presented, how a political figure is presented that's right. black, you know, or whatever. Or, exactly. All of those things have to also constitute as black media. Because you're also right. talking about people who are delivering speeches, performing music videos, performing athletics, you know, mm-hmm. uh, of course, like stand a stand-up comedy sketch. Like all of these right. things are forms of black portrayal and what makes it tricky is a lot of black media by our definition is created not by black people and then a lot of it is created by black people and we'll kind of get into all of that you feel like that's a healthy definition am i missing am i missing anything am i am i, am I cutting am I, am I shortening our people or our understanding of media or whatever no yeah i think you, you're doing well you know uh. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because I, cause I know, like, right, I know if there was like a black nationalist on here, he'd be, you know, or she'd be like, you know, Josh, yeah. you know, what that, you know, WTF, like, you know, like, we, yeah, if Dr. Umar was, uh, was on this podcast, uh, right, right, right. Oh, probably, oh, oh, yeah. white people can make black media. You know, so like, okay, all right, right yeah, so, but he's not, so, uh, <laughs> you know, go ahead with so, your uh, white supremacist, right. <laughs> right. So so if we could if we could just like kind of kind of start with like kind of the early you know 20th century basically the the pinnacle film is uh Birth of a Nation of course created by white supremacists mm-hmm. um but the pinnacle film that that kind of gets the start that kind of starts the history of black media um Birth of a Nation as far as like now look black people had cameras took pictures of each other whatever technology you know was available Mm -hmm. white people have done that to black people like Mm -hmm. there was probably black media before birth of a nation that's just gonna have to be for the sake of this conversation the starting point right this is the most this is the first iconic piece of black media would you say right yeah essentially first uh, documented yeah 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 Right. So 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 Birth of a Nation quickly was basically a film that was about these kind of aggrieved um uh uh southern um uh confederates post the civil war and um it's it's a very simple plot uh because it's because it's fascist <laughs> um and essentially uh you you just have basically a bunch of freed um slaves uh completely unambitious uncreative uh, like absolutely they have absolutely no way of like sustaining a life for themselves Mm -hmm. and they're just bestial and savage Mm -hmm. and don't really talk well and and also all of these actors all these black actors in this film are just white people Mm -hmm. um in blackface Mm um and uh and the most the most critical kind of villainous thing that they do is they pursue and um, uh, to to rape white women or or to sexually assault white women, and uh, and their heroes are the uh, the 
Ku Klux Klan. Mm-hmm. It, 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 okay, so here's what's funny. Like this, I, I was this explaining like... this film to Kennedy like bo- like <laughs> well before we started the show, and like I literally, as I was explaining, I was like, "How is this not a parody? This uh, is the first right, <laughs> American right. film." <laughs> no, it's it's like glowing with uh, our first like episode, I guess, uh, a few weeks or months ago, uh, mm-hmm. the Mythic Pass. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like, oh yeah, you know, these stupid people are not free, so. Let's glorify the uh, yeah yeah <laughs> the not, not, or, uh, yeah the the Ku Klux Klan or right that, so. which none of it was true mm. briefly it, historically like immediately after the Civil War black people were even in the South dog progressing like as far as like in, into a lot of civic leadership mm-hmm. um, a lot of uh, academic spaces um, creating businesses it immediately. Um, performing well within the market i mean you had so many escaped slaves or just northerners that were black that were already functioning very well in the in the job sphere in the work market i mean literally bro like if reconstruction would have continued as it should have Mm -hmm. like black people would we would have a large concentration of millionaires yeah like we would become on complete equal footing with Mm -hmm. with white people sociologically Mm -hmm. and economically in america but anyway so the so the the pinnacle of the film is this scene where this white woman is (laughs) running away from this from this black man and and she gets to the edge of a cliff and I guess her decision from there is, am I going to allow myself to be captured and sexually assaulted by this savage black man, or am I going to jump over? And, yeah, Kennedy, what decision does she make? She jumps <laughs> off the cliff. <laughs> she jumps off the cliff. Very famous scene. It, it just makes me think, you know how, like, I don't know if you've had this experience, but in church we were, like, like it was like a, they call it martyr porn, where, uh, <laughs> yeah. where you, uh, it's like if someone holds a gun to your head and, and ask you if you're a Christian, are you going to take the bullet and tell them that you're a Christian? Are you going to, you know, that's like what that reminds me of. Like, are you going to go with this black guy and, and be subject to him? Or are you going to just, you know, take one for the team and, and jump off this? That's, that, that, that's like phenomenally well descriptive because it's true. Like, it, it, it literally that was ultimately the idea was I'd rather die than be in the clutches mm-hmm. of, of a dangerous, you know, black man. Mm-hmm. And so basically, like, what this did was this created kind of a media culture for, for basically the, the rest of the Jim Crow era at that point, which we're talking, like, early ni- mid to early 1930s. Woodrow Wilson was president during this film, and, and he famously uh, is quoted as saying, he, he had a previewing of it, actually, in the White House. Mm-hmm. So the first American film... <laughs> <laughs> that is also previewed in the White House is a film about black pathology uh-huh. and, and, and how dangerous they were and the superheroes of the movie are the Ku Klux Klan Jesus Christ and the president and, gets... and the president says this is history written with lightning mm. and was very uh, very um, uh, complimentary of it mm. um, and so basically what this does is kind of creates an era of black media where you're either the pet or the threat. So there's some other black media that is happening during uh, this time period. And basically, you have the movie Gone with the Wind, um, where you have Hattie McDaniel playing the, 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 um, the help, 
<laughs> you know, uh, there are other things that that mm-hmm. this person is normally called, but I I remember to say the most uh, PC and appropriate thing, the help, yeah. and uh, yeah, <laughs> and uh, and uh, by, by the way, Hattie McDaniel's a legend, and we stand, um, but. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) but um, but she is controversial she plays this Mamie uh kind of um uh kind of help very subservient character in a film about the civil war gone with the wind is about the civil war and she's very sympathetic to her slave master she's very sympathetic to their uh side of the civil war and to what they want and is kind of a uh, where else would I go? Why would I? Why would I? You know, you know, like we gotta stop those northern aggressors, you know, and and all of that, and and She's a Dave Chappelle. Oh, uh, uh, <laughs> is, it, is it big? Is it Bigsby? How do you say it? What's the name of the character? I, I can't remember. Me neither. Uh, we because we did this on another we episode did, too, we did, we and, and we still didn't look up. <laughs> it shows you how much I care about Dave Chappelle yeah, these days, yeah. but um, but yeah, so she plays this this character, and and then you have Uncle Remus. In Songs of the South and some other um, kind of child-friendly Disney films that also plays this, you know, he's not like uh, a help in a house, but he, he's very much kind of this, uh, the original kind of magical Negro that's just like this wise sage, but has no had no personal character development or mm-hmm. anything to him. He's basically just there to, uh, to, um, to, you know, kind of be this wise sage for, you know, the people around it. Very, 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 like, kind and genial and, mm-hmm. and, and of course, like, doesn't, like, ever, like, protest his situation or anything like that. And, and like, so basically you have, you that's, that's basically the one, di- the, the duality, but the one dimensionality of black representation in media is... Either you have this, like, you are dangerous, mm-hmm. you are all the things that we believe about your group's pathology, um, or you are um, subservient. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and the cultural atmosphere of that was, of course, was of course echoed into a lot of other, other spaces of life. Mm-hmm. Um, and... Uh, and then you 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 kind of think about kind of the other figures during that time period. You got guys like Jackie Robinson, Hank Aaron, Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Um, I'm missing somebody. That's important. Muhammad Ali. You know. And and so how, how Kennedy? How do those guys kind of how do those guys get affected by this like false? duality of what blackness is as they're behind a camera in their own respective spaces yeah well if you have a let's see so you have the pet and the threat and they have to fall into either one of them mm-hmm. right <laughs> so uh um yeah like uh i guess i don't really know i guess historically how jackie robinson was viewed as his career progressed but we kind of hear we definitely was a threat to enough people and then i guess the people who supported him would have probably seen him as a pet but i don't mm-hmm. like we don't i don't really hear enough about him as like a he's just a black inspirational yeah, story essentially right. that's that's basically like which is so interesting right 
Jack, Jackie Robinson is one of the most popular American mm-hmm. figures of all time. And I feel like I would have to do deep dives to right. actually know anything about his personality. Right. Or like with Martin Luther King, we kind of just started, maybe not just started, but it's become more relevant recently what his actual economic views were and things like that before and even still to a lot of uh, people. He's just a guy who was very peaceful and mm-hmm. and inclusive to all people. And mm-hmm. that's just kind of, we just leave it there. You know, he's it. a good pet. Mm-hmm. But but of course when he's talking about the Vietnam War right. and anti capitalism. Muhammad Ali. Right, 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 right. Muhammad Ali was fun and energetic mm-hmm. and you know, like was, you know, a, a rhetor you know, a wordsmith mm-hmm. and like very like had very catchy, charismatic like lines mm-hmm. before a lot of his fights and everything and and he was he was fun and he was intense and he was sometimes a little over the top and but he was fun. And then when you um, say the Viet Cong doesn't call you the N-word? <laughs> right, right. He's All like, why sudden, would I go fight people that, yeah. you know, like mm-hmm. for a country that doesn't, that makes me a second-class citizen right. and fight people that have never had animus towards my body in particular. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, and that, yeah, and that's, that's such an interesting shift in his arc as well because then, you know, Muhammad Ali becomes the, like, champion of, of you know, blackness in this new definition of like it being dignified and this power you know like black power and to to the point where when he fights joe frazier he kind of paints joe frazier as like you know the guy basically muhammad ali loses um some of his prime years of boxing because he you know conscientiously objects to going to vietnam and when he loses those years kind of dealing and fighting that battle legally um another Heavyweight champion arises. Joe Frazier becomes honestly what one of the top five greatest rivalries in sports. Mm-hmm. Joe Frazier and Muhammad Ali, and Muhammad Ali now taking on this new persona of like this: I'm a threat to America, and I'm this mm-hmm. like proud black revolutionary. Like then begins to somewhat promotionally. Ultimately, I think in retrospect, even he did say and would have said later in his career, um, inappropriately begins to frame. Frazier, mm. Joe Frazier is kind of this Uncle Tom, <laughs> you know, like pet guy. And so uh, you literally have that dynamic uh, like in a boxing ring for three classic fights of mm. this pet versus threat dichotomy. Right. Which is which is honestly insane because Joe Frazier was like this like blue collar, hard working mm-hmm. family black man who was every bit of the dignified reality of what we want like people to be. Right. But you know, but it's, yeah, so it's even interesting how they ended up being portrayed and pitted against one another within that kind of pet versus threat, you know, dynamic. Yeah, and I kind of could probably say the same thing about Martin Luther King and uh, Malcolm X, too. Yes. Oh, that's so good, Kitty. Yes, 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 yes. 100% that they were kind of portrayed mm-hmm. within that mindset of Malcolm was this dangerous, like, mm-hmm promoting self-defense which was really promoting violence and black takeover Mm -hmm. and you know speaking very harshly about systemic injustice and then you had martin who was more of this kind of peaceful protest Mm -hmm. um kind of a more silent is interesting to say when he spoke so much but like more (laughs) of a you know more of a more of a quiet demeanor like Uh you know humble approach you know of like of like nonviolent stand-in protest, 
And yeah, it was such a false dichotomy between the two of them when you actually look at mm -hmm. their writings, their thoughts, their speeches. Like Malcolm was certainly initially racist mm -hmm. towards white people. He was anti-white, not just anti-white supremacy. Mm -hmm. He evolved out of that. And honestly, bro, by the end of their both of their respective lives, mm -hmm. they were probably the same person, mm -hmm. essentially. Martin became a bit more radical while still believing in nonviolence. He firmly believed that that was the way. But, and right. then Malcolm softens up a bit, and they kind of both met in that sweet, balanced mm -hmm. space. As the, you know, so. That's your favorite, both sides, you know. Just yeah, I know, <laughs> I know. Because, because I'm all about centrism and yeah, moderation. Centrism, black centrism. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, like, then we get into what I really want to hear some of your thoughts on Kennedy okay. as we step into kind of the end of the pet threat era where we kind of get a couple of kind of progressive like like peaks into the next generation of black media because you get a, a Star Trek I guess movie or episode I don't know I don't I don't really follow Star Trek mm -hmm. but you get the first interracial kiss mm, yeah. in a show or in a film whatever that was mm -hmm. I for those of you who are fans of Star Trek, listen to this. I'm sure this is brutal. I'm so sorry. <laughs> um, but then you also get Sidney Poitier in the movie uh, uh, Guess Who's Coming to Dinner, where he is uh, a black man dating a white woman and going to visit her house, which which Get Out is obviously a hor horrified mm -hmm. spin off. Right, on. right. Um, and, uh, and... Of course, these parents are like a little bit more liberal and like it's like difficult for them. But ultimately, they come to have acceptance mm -hmm. of it. So first interracial kiss, first interracial couple mm -hmm. in a film. This is like when was this guy late? It's all foggy to me, but like think like late 60s, early 70s. Okay. You kind of got color in film in, okay. around this okay. time. Um, but uh, yeah, what what how? What a what a leap as far as media, and then what do you think was like some of that? Think like yeah, what do you think was some of the impact of that stuff like during that actual time? Period? I haven't even thought about this, but when was uh when was Lovings versus was it Virginia? Oh shoot, um, nineteen sixty. Oh, now I gotta look this up. It was 1967. There it is. There it is. There it is. And yeah, when was yeah. this movie? Oh shoot. oh shoot! Oh shoot! Probably around the same time, bro. What a great call. Yes. Dang. I know my people, bro. <laughs> <laughs> Guess who's coming to dinner? Googling now. Because <laughs> that's actually big. If if it was about the same time, you're talking about. Uh, Holy shoot, bro! Nineteen sixty-seven. No, dog. And and there's and you know there's people who are watching this who are more authorities on media who right, are like right. you idiots. How did you not know that? But but I didn't. And and like an obvious implication of mm. like those things happening at, at parallel times were clearly showing that like media was starting to portray where culture was shifting on their thoughts of black people. Right. Yeah. Or and, and I can't speak to this specifically because obviously i'm not a historian but you can see stuff like that in media where you know certain things like uh, like now we see it with homosexuality you know mm -hmm. like you know more gay scenes and, and things like that and how that influences a lot of the conversations we even have 
maybe politically. And so you could maybe, again, not a historian, possibly have a um, uh, kind of a tie between first yeah. interracial kiss, first interracial uh, relationship mm-hmm. to we're going to legalize <laughs> yeah. uh, interracial marriage, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. And so, I mean, that's definitely one of the implications. Uh, the other one is just, you know, a chipping away of kind of stigmas that, uh, mm-hmm. that you might see in, uh, you know, interracial uh, relationships to some degree. Cause I think that movie that, uh, what was it? The one, the first interracial oh, birth of a nation. Oh, 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 well, I guess who's coming to dinner. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a white, Man and a black woman? No, no, no. I'm sorry. So, so Star Trek, white man, black woman. Okay, okay. Uh, this movie, uh, black man, white woman. Uh, I'm sorry, black, white man, black woman okay. in Star Trek. Kiss or relationship? Kiss. Okay, kiss. This movie, black man, white woman, relationship. Okay. I don't think they kiss in the film. I don't, okay. I'm pretty okay. sure they don't, yeah. Gotcha, okay. Yeah, and I guess there's not a lot of kissing in 1960s. So, well, you're, you're certainly not an interracial one, right? Definitely. Hey, um, you want to hear something? But, uh, no something rapes. to think about? No, no yeah, no sexual assault. <laughs> yeah, in in interracial stigmas. But what a jump! One by one. What a jump mm-hmm. in society from I jump off a bridge to avoid this black man <laughs> to I take this black man to <laughs> yeah, my parents' still, house for dinner. <laughs> I was watching iRobot a few weeks ago, and the, the, there was a scene at the uh, in the tunnel where a robot's trying to kill Will Smith. Who we'll get into and. Uh, <laughs> And the cops are coming by, and the the robot jumps into the fire to avoid. That's what that reminds me of. Like, I'm a, I will do anything. <laughs> oh <laughs> man, <laughs> what a what a terrible world we uh, live in. But yeah, sorry, that's a sidetrack. Um, no, I was just gonna say you want you want to just take a crazy, just mind boggling leap with me. Uh-huh. Think of the last film or TV show where you saw a black man and a white woman kiss. Hmm. I don't watch this as religiously as you. Is there any of that in This Is Us? Nope. Okay. Um, the, the the main black character ends up with a, with a black woman. Black woman, okay. and then the two daughters are both. Well, they, he has three daughters. Um, was there any of that in Star Wars with uh, Ray and? Better question yeah. than I can answer. I'm not a huge star. Oh, yeah. I, yeah. So. But, but we know that she didn't want to end up with him, which is stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, she ended up wanting to be with the the uh, the villain. Dude. Well, can't can't save them all. Racist ass. But. <laughs> <laughs> but like. Dog, my point I'm making is like it doesn't happen much in media even today. Mm. And if it does happen, look what it happened in. Get out. Mm. Mm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? You see it in those commercials about like STDs and stuff. <laughs> Bro, yes. And so it's like clearly like the, the effect that Birth of a Nation has had on our psyche as a nation. Mm. Of course, Birth of a Nation is just a manifestation of what our, our psyche already was, mm. you know, for so many years. But on the rest of media, like we still have trouble putting that in media Mm -hmm. you know and so 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 we kind of move to like the trope era and the trope era the trope era is really simple basically black characters can be in media they just have to be one dimensional Mm -hmm. and so in the 70s you got a lot of black exploitation films so you got a lot of like poverty ghetto struggle Mm -hmm. so there's a lot of like you know, black people are consistently portrayed as like gang members, criminals, drug dealers, pimps, pushers, you know. Um, and uh, uh, then, of course, like that like, like blatantly leads into a lot of 
like hip hop's description of mm-hmm. like you, know, you get you know some of your first gang gangster rap in like eighty five, eighty six, around that time. Mm-hmm. As far as like mainstream, um, and uh, and yeah, and then and then essentially, so you have those like very like um, like sad stoic depictions, and then you 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 have some spaces for black people but it's mo- it, it's like they have to be doing a very specific thing and they're not going to get a lot of complexity and complicated mm-hmm. depiction right so like i think this is 90s or whatever but you look at like the, the green mile you know mm-hmm. with like um i think it's tom hanks and famous black actor and i'm he passed away actually a couple of years back, but I'm slipping on his name. I'll I'll look it up here in a second. But um, then you have like Shawshank Redemption, you know, with like the ultimate magical Negro um, Morgan Freeman, who just in everything that he is depicted in is essentially this like guiding light principle to like some white protagonist to to get them to some better level of heroism within their films. Did you, did you find that? Yeah, was it Michael Clark Duncan? That's it, that's yeah. it, that's it, that's it. Green Mile, uh, movie about an execution. This literal magical Negro is oh, like, yeah. literally does magical things and has magical yeah. healing powers and stuff as so he's on uh, death row. Um, uh, Bruce Almighty uh, God. Yeah, <laughs> literally God. He's literally a magical no, no, no. Negro, and yeah, and and then even in uh in in Batman, Morgan Freeman again, mm-hmm. like literally a resident magical Negro in, uh-huh. in Morgan Freeman. Um, in Batman, he's got this amazing abilities with technology and you know mm-hmm. wisdom about technology, and he's basically the artillery uh, uh, machine mm-hmm. for for uh, the Dark Knight you know mm-hmm. and never gets his own you know which in which in fairness neither is alfred but mm-hmm. alfred's a slave and a butler and you know he's white and so right. um you kind of see some personality with alfred that's of like, true you know he's kind of a little bit of a mentor there's struggle between him and bruce uh never mind it was just it was just a black guy that they <laughs> My bad. I, I was trying to give him a bone but no alfred does get a lot of develop. he even like disagrees with batman yeah. he's willing to leave right Right. Because he thinks that he's about to besides with the girl yeah. that you know broke his heart. Exactly. Know, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Times, yeah. That's, that's that's hard, by the yeah. way. As a homie, yeah. don't don't start. Dang, that's hard. That hard. <laughs> <laughs> kind of understand why why Batman was it's upset. Like when, when your mom <laughs> is on the ex side of like right. a <laughs> when she's like, "Baby, this is a theme in your life." It's like, uh-huh. "Mom, not right now." <laughs> <laughs> how's how's Trina doing? All right, like tell me I'm good, Mama. Tell me I'm good. Like, you have a job in this. You right. know, your, your job is not to be right. Your job is to, <laughs> to be on my side. Right. All right. Um, but uh but yeah kind of this trope era right and then we see this in broader society where it's like if you're black and you're famous there's just one thing you're really good at whether it's basketball being a comedian you know you have of course charles barkley with i'm what is that? i'm not a role model as he's out here gambling and going crazy <laughs> but you know i'm just a basketball player i don't have any other aspects that people need to emulate right. and be, you know like I'm just a basketball player, you know. Is the original, uh, you know, I shut up. He shut up himself up, and I dribble, you know. Uh, right. And, and, and it was kind of a way to pull people off his like, 
more like well, Jordan kind of did the same person. thing too yeah. of like uh, you know his his well he well you uh, I guess uh, what was he wanting they wanted him to sponsor uh, what's the word um, you know what I'm talking about when when you uh, Wait, dare? say hey uh, I you vote for this person oh, I am blanking on that wait sponsor we vote for the uh, like a campaign yeah yeah well, he, he, he wouldn't he wouldn't say who he was supporting in the north oh, carolina oh uh, oh okay 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 okay, 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 okay. But, yeah yeah uh, no you're good you're good yeah no but like and then now it's you know it was like that was the difference between him and lebron where it's like lebron isn't the magical negro who is just one-dimensional just a basketball player he is you know out here endorsing uh uh, Hillary Clinton in the 2016 election or whatever and all of a sudden it's like just shut up and dribble you know yes yes 100% yeah black people were allowed to be in media as long as they're one dimensional and they were allowed to be front facing in society as long as they're one dimensional mm-hmm. if, at, if at any point they were you know have you know sophisticated analysis and critique of society if at any point they were you know which, which is which is dope about like Chris Rock a lot of his oh, yeah. comedy, was, you know what I'm saying? I was thinking about how, um, when we were talking about this, and you were going through the eras and things, um, that's why I love Everybody Hates Chris, mm-hmm. of like, he's just kind of poking fun at, <laughs> um, <clears throat> Chris, I guess, isn't really that type of character, he's, no. a white, or he tries to be, mm-hmm. you know, assimilating, but he's yeah. just black. <laughs> yeah, and, 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 and literally, like, narrative narrativizes mm-hmm. why that word was a struggle somewhere and then like it's very like critical and skeptical and like observational about everything kind mm-hmm. of around him and yeah. it speaks into a lot of different things and which is right. which is a kind of dope right. just idea and then having him as a kid like a child actor but then him voicing it you know that, that was right. oh that was really cool mm-hmm. and so so, so, you, so you're in this area especially with like movies and stuff and then you kind of get to I guess late eight well you had you the black kids sitcoms are throughout this whole era. Mm-hmm. So like Good Times, you know, Family Matters, you know, moving into, you Mom know, kids. yeah, yeah, yeah. Moving into kind of the late 80s or the Cosby show, mm-hmm. um, you know, and then of course everything just turns into a golden era when you, when you go into like the Fresh Prince mm-hmm. and Martin and... Oh, okay, you're like 90s yeah 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 like basically you're just transitioning kind of even in that trope era you're kind of transitioning into like this like very like golden era of black media Mm -hmm. because you know post you know the jim crow era now there is a little bit more you know Mm -hmm. autonomy for black people as far as like um as far as like at least at least getting on screen Mm -hmm. now (laughs) what it took to get on screen Right. Before they wouldn't even let you. They they just put blackface on. Yeah. Right. So that was a huge. So before we even like keep digging in this era, like that was a huge thing with you know Hattie McDaniel was, mm-hmm. you know she won. She was the first black person to win an Oscar, and when she, you know for you know her terrible portrayal of a of a help a sympath mm-hmm. a, a a Confederate sympathizing help right you know, but like. You know, a lot of the controversy was like, you know, from a lot of the black community was like, well, come on, why are you, why are you doing these roles? Like, this is demeaning, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. And then she was like, I get you, but also, like, there's not another role they're going to give me. Mm-hmm. And so, like, I'm trailblazing for you to do better roles on the other side of me. Mm-hmm. Now, 
here's where I'm going to say that's a negative, and then you, you know, give me your positive spin or okay. affirm my negative spin or however you want to do this. But, like, so a lot of the depiction of the help was a rejection and a repudiation of what was actually happening as far as historically what black women were put in the house. Mm-hmm. Bro, they did not put, like, heavy set, dark-skinned black women in the house. Mm-hmm. We, we did not have appropriate, healthy beauty standards of everyone is beautiful and, and mm-hmm. all everyone's made in the image of God. Like, there was, there was a very much a, a kind of fetishization of, like, light skin, mm-hmm. slim, maybe even mixed black women who were put in the house. Sometimes they were put in the house because they were actually the daughter of a slave master, yeah. you know? But, like, that was that's what was normally put in the house. And oftentimes, especially if this wasn't the daughter of a slave master, you're talking about a situation where oftentimes you would have the white man... Um, sexually assaulting and having a I'm not going to call it an affair because it was not consensual ultimately Mm -hmm. but having um, you know kind of that uh, adulterous relationship with the with the with the black uh, help and you know Mm -hmm. in the in the Hattie McDaniel kind of mammy portrayal you get this very desexualized um, very like um, aggressive, like y'all stop and uh, do what I tell you now, you know, and stuff like that, you know. And you even see, you, you ever watch Tom and Jerry, where you uh, got that that the big, the bigger black woman that's like constantly like you know swatting off Tom right. from chasing Jerry, you know, and crazy stuff, and and yelling in very you know kind of sometimes unintelligible, mm-hmm. you know, you know, and 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 oftentimes just just classic historic traditional black you know um vernacular which is great and awesome but sometimes in some very unintelligible ways Mm -hmm. and so my point in saying all that is the depiction that they were giving hattie mcdaniel in these films were so bad Mm -hmm. so damaging to the image of young black girls who were seeing this so damaging to the truth Mm -hmm. that slave masters were consistently sexually assaulting these helps and Mm -hmm. and a lot of the slaves even on the field um and the actual dynamic of the black help the white woman and the black and the and the white man as this like constant paranoia of the white woman like are you know are you sleeping with her are you messing with her you know stuff like Like, Mm -hmm. that was what was all the awful horrific realities that were actually happening so not only do you have this like oh that doesn't happen there's that just a sweet kind of grandma like figure living Mm -hmm. in the house um, but then also her portrayal was kind of as this, you know, not that Hattie McDaniel's unattractive, she isn't, but her portrayal mm-hmm. in the films was as an unattractive, you know, kind of, um, you know, just subservient black woman. Mm-hmm. Imagine what that's doing to the young black girls who are watching mm-hmm. this film and now seeing themselves in that. And so my thing is like, how much damage do you do as you're trying to help before you're no longer helping? Mm-hmm. And so thoughts, rebuttal, um, just as far as, or you could even, or you could even give the other side of like what the positives of her kind of trailblazing, you know? Yeah. I mean, it's one of those where it's like, uh, I don't know if it's really a, if it's a lose, lose, (laughs) like, uh, you know, she's, she's, uh, playing a, a inaccurate, harmful character, uh, but there is some truth in like 
you know, she's she's playing in a role, or she she there really wasn't much. There was nothing. There was nothing else, else yeah, for her to, yeah. to be able to do. Um, they were the, they would have just used the blackface character in her stead, right? Honestly, they would have done know. that. Um, and you know, who knows? As I guess, how history would progress, uh, or how it would progress after that, but uh, without her. But no, yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, I was talking to you about how, like, I think uh, it's one of those difficult ones, kind of like Dion, where, um, you know she wants to act that's what they're giving her um it's just gonna be hard to say no and uh that doesn't necessarily i don't know i mean it's just tough like i don't know what the right answer is to that scenario that's why i think it might be a lose-lose but um yeah yeah, just, that's yeah. I, I i go back and forth and mm-hmm. i i never land on the side honestly mm-hmm. because like i think her media depictions were atrocious for black people mm-hmm. I also think she's a legend, and I and I truly stand like I truly like Hattie McDaniel was a legend to me, uh, and I and I think the world of her, and I think the world of her story, right. and so I, I literally I never land mm-hmm. <laughs> like I, I can you know and like, that kind of goes to like your definition of blackness is like uh, we were talking about this with like Candace Owens and oh. and Kanye and Stephen A. Smith of like. Truly malevolent, evil characters. <clears throat> yeah, like people who are very problematic, who are searching. Like I don't know, you might do a better job of kind of explaining. No, no, no. Like, it's a similar dynamic. Only Hattie McDaniel's was far more benevolent, but it's a similar dynamic as far as like just trying to survive. Right. So, so you have this long-standing history of the house Negro, the coon, the mm-hmm. Uncle Tom, the. You know the subservient black pastor who just, you know, uh, re- you know, just you know, regurgitates all of the yeah, that, yeah, yeah. You know, like yes, Paul said to obey your master. You know, and <laughs> right. so you do what that white man says. You know, uh, and if I catch you trying to run away, I'm gonna go tell the white. You know, like all right. that and the perks that come with that. Like the, those are that's big time perks when you're a when you're a slave patrol as a black man or mm. when you're a you know any type of like assimilated you know um grifter into white supremacy Mm. it's a lot of financial benefits and a lot of social benefits and i think it's despicable i think it's disgusting i think it's ugly i think it's i think you're basically a functioning functionally a a black white supremacist Mm -hmm. but there's been a long tradition of trying to find survival in that Mm -hmm. of saying well here are my options i could run away from slavery Mm -hmm. I could try to start a revolt. Mm. I could just work myself into the ground, or I could try to find a way to have to get it in with my mm. white oppressors. Like a Jewish tax collector. Y- yeah, mm. you know, and you and you know, kind of a Matthew, and you just mm. kind of, and you kind of just, you see that play out in new, more modernized forms, mm. continually, you know, and the linear, you know, kind of evolution of black media and of black media figure so you have someone like candace owens who i'm sure is getting paid fat stupid dummy stacks Mm -hmm. to be the token black person that Mm -hmm. regurgitates the you know anti-black talking points and literally before her career started she was making anti-discrimination um 
claims against a company. Basically, there was a company, or I can't remember what was the situation, but basically she was being discriminated against for her mm-hmm. race, ironically. She was making discrimination claims. Okay. Yeah, yeah, uh-huh, yeah, yeah, discrimination claims, not anti and uh and uh yeah now she's like the ultimate yeah. like you know but but you know you're you're like you look at her and you're just like it's despicable mm-hmm. but i know why you're doing it you're doing it because yeah. i mean you, I think, you financially benefit from it significantly yeah i get it but also i feel like i hadn't completely it? different by yeah. the way yeah I, yeah benevolent a little bit more yes. of an excuse of yes like there really yes. was no other option Candace Owens. Has a million options and is choosing. It's just a monster. So. Yeah, she's choosing clearly the most lucrative one. I, I do not deny. Mm-hmm. Um, being a left-wing black commentator not only is not financially lucrative, it's also harmful to yourself. Look at how that's worked out for Martin Luther King, Malcolm X, Fred Hampton, mm-hmm. the list, and Angela Davis. You know, the list continues. But, like, um, uh yeah, I mean, so you know, one is clearly malevolent, evil, and I, I do, I do not give any credence to it. But it is, it, it is an expression of trying to survive white supremacy. Mm-hmm. And then you have the other is malevolent and like just, I'm sorry, benevolent and just like, I, I just want to act. Right. And it's kind of an expression of just kind of the, the, the strictures and the, you know, like mm-hmm. the, the, the lack of fluidity that can happen in the black experience. And so I just mentioned that to say that, like, ultimately, she kind of accomplished her goal because you did move to an era not too long after her where while there was a lot of one dimensional black portrayals, there was still a lot of different black portrayals. You know what I'm saying? Like, you you did have a portrayal of a black man going into a white home. You did have a portrayal of gangsters and, and pushers and process you did have mm-hmm. all these different types of portrayal and even though they were in their own ways problematic right. they were still a variety of portrayals right and then you know you move into the black sitcom uh like um era and actually pretty decent on the portrayal like i mean there's there's problematic stuff for sure mm-hmm. like what's the most famous scene from fresh prince you know, oh, his, you know, his dad wasn't there. You know what I'm saying? Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and the moment with him and, and him and him and uh, him and Phil. Um, and uh, and so you still got a lot of problematics. So you still got a lot of like, I want to be careful when I say de-emasculating black men because masculinity is far more nuanced and we realize that more now in our studies of gender and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. But there was at least the attempt to make black men look more effeminate and in their and in their mind in the white supremacist mind more um or less of a man you mm-hmm. know and 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 degrade and make them more inferior mm-hmm. um and that that was that was very often you almost can't think of one of the blossoming black stars in the late 80s early 90s that did not at some point wear female clothing mm-hmm. which like i said today I've you you know we have much more nuanced understanding of gender, mm-hmm. you know all that. But like at that at that time period, the predominantly white filmmakers mm-hmm. were doing this for a reason, and the reason was in their mindset that was somewhat emasculating and dehumanizing. And 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 when I say they did that on purpose, I mean they did it because they were like, this is the only way you're gonna get a start. Mm-hmm. And like you kind of gotta, you kind of gotta give us some yucks, some funnies. So wear that dress, mm. Tyler Perry. <laughs> Let me Big stop. Mama. Let me stop. Frank. <laughs> I'm gonna start ripping. Uh, 
Blood and Medea movies, man. Uh, yeah, let's do it, dog. Okay, okay go ahead. I just, <laughs> just, just, I'm sorry. I love Medea. Just go minstrel ahead. show uh, in the 21st century, like just, like, and I get it. I look. Like, there are white people listening to this who are like, I love the Medea movies. Continue to love the Medea uh-huh. movies. Please. Like, they are fun. They are uh-huh. funny. Just know that they are a mild minstrel show and that there are a lot of black people, especially younger black people, that don't like them because they do have a lot of problematic presentations. Of like, almost every black male in a lot of the Tyler Perry Medea movies are, like, wealthy kind of rich pretty misogynist yes uh-huh. and then like abusive and abusive, you know what I'm saying? and like just angry yeah yeah and, and, and you know and like kind of like we get a lot of the black women trope because it's a lot of tropes right there's, there's, there's a strong black woman trope uh-huh. um of like um you can put black women through anything and they'll survive uh-huh. and guess what we have had a long history of believing that and that's been very problematic for black women like mm-hmm. Early on, they would do medical experiments on black women a lot of times during slavery um, and believe that black women had a higher tolerance for pain and so had very severe experiments. We still have issues with black women in labor, it being believed that they have a higher tolerance for pain and then receiving less um, pain alleviation medicine. You know what I'm saying? So it's like, you know, like, there's just a lot of tropes. There, there's there's a there's a large variety of tropes that Medea movies just present. This like super over spirituality of black mm-hmm. existence, you know, where everything is like, oh, just call on the Lord, honey, and and it's like, <laughs> look, we we're gonna have an episode about like the history of the black church and how important and relevant it is to the black community and how much faith has intersected with the development of black culture. But we are not walking proverbs. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not like just this constant like. One you of my, know. my favorite problematic scenes is a uh, um, which one was it? It was a uh, you had Maya Angelou uh, and like two other elderly. It was the family family reunion. Oh, okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. and at the at the family reunion, you have you know women with with you know too short of shorts and you have mm-hmm. men you know uh sagging and, oh and, god and then they got the speech yeah they got the speech they gathered the whole family they get oh, the speech Jesus. Of, you know embarrassing your ancestors and you know and it's inspirational <laughs> i mean but, 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 can, can, but can we though i mean this is black media uh-huh. show so we can we can dive uh-huh. like what? yeah like you know because that was the narrative after the civil rights movement especially in the 90s uh-huh. when you had the like black men are predators and you know all of that and the drug war yeah. and which which all fed into all of these tropes by the way this is all of the things that were happening in society a lot of times were affirmed in the propaganda of the way that black people were portrayed in a lot of media mm-hmm. even the positive descriptions were set to juxtapose them to the degenerates mm-hmm. so yes please watch the cosby show and see black people on the hill wealthy going to college you know like and then you know bill cosby will all pull your pants up you know and then please watch you know this you know all the all the all the black men who found their way into middle class america in whatever show you know where it's like martin or you know fresh prince you know gets this big like Mm -hmm. life 
resurrection when he goes to go live with his aunt and uncle, you know, and mm. and uh, and now he gets to live in like some decent wealth and you know resource accommodation and everything. But like, like basically post the civil rights era, you had this like very foolish. Yeah, I'm calling out the 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 older black generation because y'all fed into it and 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 you and you perpetuated and you and you in many ways sometimes helped design legislation that overly incarcerated and persecuted african-american men in african-american communities because there was this belief that like what was really you know regressing the the gains of the civil rights era was these degenerate violent you know yeah like you know like like all these like thugs and criminals Mm -hmm. and and oh you don't know how to close your legs girl and you always pregnant and welfare queen and you know all of that like all of that was was a a lot of times coming from black people you know and like and and it was just this and like just what 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 a crappy lens of analysis of Mm -hmm. like so White supremacy is continuing to exist because black men won't pull up their pants. What a, what a, what a, what an insane you know like mm-hmm. these structural systems that in many ways are oftentimes causing even the negative cultural manifestations. Mm-hmm. But it's like but let's blame these individuals who are just navigating life, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 let's say that y'all's negative behaviors is really holding black people back as as white supremacists are stroking their pins mm-hmm. and writing legislation <clears throat> that you know is destroying black existence. Donald Trump did this, uh, what you're talking about, where mm-hmm. it was, a, I, mean, I don't have a great example of black people, Hispanic people, of like, yeah. oh, those, those immigrants are messing it up for all of you. You know, mm-hmm. those immigrants are the ones that are holding you back, and a lot of people bought that. Yeah. And Tyler yeah. Perry kind of did the same thing. I will say though, I still love those movies, but um, <laughs> but <laughs> but yes, no. To your point, like they uh, they um, have those effects of you yeah. know. Unfortunately, they continue to perpetuate the narratives that that white supremacists in power want you to believe 100%. in order to split you. And bro, you're yeah, so. you are not alone in loving uh, problematic black films. Yeah, I we love, love them. We love ourselves. We love we love our yes, 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 one hundred percent, one hundred percent. We um, we stand on even some on do. some problematic it, it, stuff. <clears throat> I don't know. I just one of the things uh, um, you were you were saying kind of uh, you going about Martin and and the I guess one dimensional. <clears throat> excuse me um characteristics and i um was thinking about this for a while but um when kaepernick had a he was coming out with his document documentary um one of the teasers that they released was him talking about the what was it the acceptable negro mm-hmm, mm-hmm. um and he was basically talking about how for a while these tropes were basically like you know <clears throat> kind of Ur- Urkel pulling yeah, up his pants, yeah. uh, speaking with a high-pitched voice, mm-hmm. glasses, wearing nice button-down shirts, yeah. um, mm-hmm. you know, um, Will Smith and uh, Fresh Prince, you know, kind of, um, or not him, yeah. uh, who was the who was the side character? Um, oh, Jordan. gosh, Carlton. Carlton, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, with, the, like, with the dance, you know. Yeah, right, you know, in a softer dance, a mm-hmm. non-intimidating one, you know? so it's like, mm-hmm. I guess, yeah, to kind of your point and back to, I guess, the era and everything of, like, uh, 
um, that is, I guess, I, I think he did a really good job of kind of um, depicting the acceptable Negro and how it was a very one-dimensional, like, okay, we like black people, just, you have to be this type of black person. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, now we're starting to get into more of like a, um, you know, it's okay to have a do-rag wearing, grill wearing, you know, um, sagging type of character. black person as yeah, a character. Yeah, yeah. Um, to some degree, I don't know that like every, we're still not in like a, that's the main character type of phase, but mm-hmm. like, kind of getting there, I guess. I don't know. Well, I think now as we step into kind of the more modern era, I think what's really cool is all of the problematic things have followed. We still mm-hmm. have a lot of pet and threat narratives mm-hmm. and a lot of black you know media depiction um <coughs> excuse me we still have a lot of magical negro you know sassy black woman mm-hmm. um aggressive over judgmental black mom mm-hmm. you know um you know, we still have a you know absentee father you know so on and so forth we still have a lot of that but now we're getting more depictions that either move past and progress past that mm. or take that and flip it on its head. Right. So recently mm. in the show White Lotus, um, great show on HBO uh, Max. Um, I There are two seasons in. I've absolutely loved it. It's unstoppable. The show's amazing. But in the first season, there's this, there's this black woman character mm. who is so like just constantly has to be this like wise sage black woman to mm-hmm. like you know the her manager to like the different guests at this like luxury hotel mm-hmm. um and at and she even has this white woman who's manipulating her just looking for some comfort and a friend mm-hmm. who offers to like pay for her um for her venture of potentially like running her own massage therapy business or whatever. Mm-hmm. And by the end of the show, by the end of the first season, she is once again consoling another white woman post being told that this whole financing adventure is oh, spoilers, my bad. Spoilers. <laughs> spoilers. Spoilers. Alright, now I'm gonna continue. Um as she has been denied this, basically the white woman was just using her. She was never planning on financing mm-hmm. the venture. And she, so she gets this rejection. There's another white woman who's maybe struggling through potentially wanting to go through a divorce, crying in front of her. Please help me. I need help. I need advice. And she literally just gets up forward. She's like, I can't help you. I can't keep helping y'all. <laughs> like I can't keep being the, the, you know, the wise you know, guidance and the mentor and the, I, I have my own problems. I have my own struggles. I have my own depression. I have my own weight of society upon mm-hmm. me, you know, and it's like, I can't just be the strong black woman for you. Mm-hmm. And so what they did is they literally, like, what's great is like the, the whole show feels like she's just the magical Negro. Mm-hmm. And then it gets to the end, it flips on his head and she's like, I refuse this right. role. You know? <clears throat> One of my favorites uh, is... And a lot of people's favorites is the Black Panther. Mm. Uh, you have a villain who fits a kind of a trope of like, you know, he wants to take out white people. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, he uh, kind of hates 
the global superpowers, America, mm-hmm. uh, whoever, for taking from his ancestors. Mm-hmm. But you go into his backstory of like, oh, you know, his father was, you know, killed by a king who was, you know, had all the power to save the people who were being oppressed, you know. Mm-hmm. And so there's like this kind of battle of like, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, uh, Killmonger, who is like, basically just, you know, he wants what's best for his people, but he's doing it in kind of a racist, maybe fascist, whatever type mm-hmm. of way. Versus, you know, there's the, there's a struggle there. It's like yes, kind of like yes. it, it, you are a kind of a, in, in a sense a little bit of a trope, but you're so much more sophisticated and nuanced, and you it, it just kind of talks. Uh, I guess. He's pretty complicated. A, he's a complicated mm-hmm. character who you really sympathize with him. You sympathize with, yeah, like it's it's yeah, exactly. You sympathize with him, and you you actually see more of systemic reasons as to why he is who he is mm-hmm. versus he's just some guy who came from the hood and you know and is just mad and angry, mad and angry at the world because yeah. he didn't get yeah because he's black. You know, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, he he is the angry. The, there is the angry black man as opposed to the calm you know, tranquil black man as mm-hmm. far as the dynamic between him and um between him and uh, uh Chad um mm-hmm. uh Boswick but like but but there is a lot of credence that you give to Killmonger and mm-hmm. and and by the end, you know, when he the, the his the his pride, his black pride mm-hmm. was just infectious. Mm-hmm. It, it it wasn't it wasn't something in the film that was off putting. Right. It was. It was. It was. Uh, you know. It was. Um, it was endearing in many ways. Right. And so yeah, the, the, you you're starting to see that now. Like you see, kind of some of these tropes kind of get flipped on their head, and then you just see straight up. Just we're progressing past a lot of the pet threat. Uh, you know. Um, you know. So 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 a couple more places where we see the trope flip on his head is like now you have a lot of black horror. Uh, which is which has yeah. been a great, fun genre both in television and in, um, in film, where you have this like oh it's building towards, normatively, what, you would see you know like when when you have like, Get Out where it's like, up mm-hmm. oh, kind of like the nineties the classic, you know black man with a white woman and we're gonna go meet the family and. You know, we don't even know what his family is like, mm. but the center of the film is about her family. And, mm. you know, you're kind of like you're stepping into that obvious trope. And then you have this kind of victorious, like, he overcomes the most genocidal, fascist, yeah. racist family he could have ever wow. you know, stepped into <laughs> and finds victory and escape and freedom. And mm. I guess there is an alternative scene where he gets shot by the cop, but. The one that everyone actually cares about is where the black cop saves him. Mm. Um, but uh, but yeah, I mean that that was. I mean it, it it was it was a film that just there while it's very deep, it is a deep film, and there's a lot of beautiful allegory and mm. a, analogy and illustration there. Like it's a, it's a pretty simple film. It's not there's nothing crazy about it. It's not my favorite. It's just great, but it but. It, it does do a great job of um, of not only 
analyzing a lot of ideas of racism, but you have a victorious black man in a non-inspirational film. Because my God, the the black inspiration films, ah, oh, gag oh, yeah. gag me, gag me, bro. Remember the Titans is a classic. I love it. Uh-huh. But holy shit! Like, can we stop with just this? Like, these <laughs> like you know the only triumph that a black person can get in film for the longest was like this kind of Coach Carter esque <laughs> like. Oh, they have tamed the the bestial ego, and they are now you know, or or it's like a historical depiction, and it's like, ah, yeah. oh, the great progress we've made in the past, and it's like, and I'm just like, what if what if the black person wins in another way? Like, what if, what if they what if they don't you know have to always be this like, you know, even with like the blind side, you oh. know, it's oh, like, yeah. oh, this <laughs> victorious football player who and who Michael hated you know? that movie because he felt like it made him look like an idiot. And it did. Uh, it did. He, he felt like it made him look like he was way more desperate than he actually was in real life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, he didn't explicitly say it, but what he basically was saying was, y'all made me look like, uh, just like, I guess just a, um, a neat, like a, a helpless kind of yeah. black man on the street. Who he might as well have been a help. Right. Or he could have, he was ba- basically like a... Um, he needed a white savior. Yeah, yes, yeah. that's, that's basically kind of like yeah, one hundred said without saying. Oh, I was so did so did Glory Road kind of did that too. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I like those types of movies where it's like it is based on a historical like, you know, they're undeniably fun. As I yeah. said, gag me. I had to. I had to right. come to terms <laughs> with the fact that Remember the Titans is uh, top tier for me as far as like enjoyable films to right. watch. But right. in a way, it's like those movies are, are maybe not Blindside, but like the Glory Road of like. These are black characters, but it kind of feels like the movie's built around the white coach. Yeah, and yeah, they're yeah, almost yeah. kind of like the support. Yeah, of like what was the word that you, the magic the magical the magical Negro? Negro. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. Basketball it, team of magical Negro. It, it's <laughs> it's somewhat neat when Denzel kind of more forcefully forces the white man to change than kind of just being the wise sage, you mm-hmm. know, on the side, yeah, yeah. and then even. Um, you know, learns from the white man. The white man also plays as kind of a magical white man for mm-hmm. Denzel as Denzel kind of learns to find balance with his mm-hmm. firmness and, you know, kindness or whatever. Yeah. And so, like, so that was the, even though the depiction of, like, the black man as being only angry and firm and the white man as being kind and genial is... Gag me, you know, but like, you know, like, but yeah, it's well, wait, still before, good. Before we move, um, um, I want to hear you rant about uh, the Emmett Till movie. Well, I haven't seen it. Has it? Is it out? It's out. Okay. I think it's on Prime. I don't know if it's for purchase or if it's just it comes. But you with haven't the... seen it because you don't want to see it. I, right? Yeah, I'm just good on a 14 year old being murdered, uh, you know. And I and like, look, many of like I said, like this is not like a. I'm not doing this podcast so that y'all can um, so that y'all can now hate all black. Look, we all like problematic media. <laughs> like, is that right? You know, but like, um, but like, yeah, I, I just remember like seeing the preview and like, and I'm just like, look, like this is one of the more grotesque and horrific events in American history. And how much of this story do I really want to see? Like, because 
in order for it to be worth anything, like, you have to build up this young, innocent child mm. as, like, this, like, very charming and exciting character. And then and then you have to kind of give me a little bit of a... If you're going to put this much money in the film, you're going to have to kind of give me a detailed kind of walkthrough of what happened to him on that horrible day where his life was taken away from him and just mm-hmm. and just even talking about it. I'm like he's 14 like I'm, I'm thinking about kids that I work with I'm like like what like what what the hell like y'all y'all slaughtered a 14 you monsters like it's right. just yeah it's, it's oh, gosh it just I'm like getting chills even as I'm talking about it but like I just like in a in a in a, in a film depiction and medium I just I just don't know that I want to sit through that and 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 you know like the most um, remarkable face in all of American history is his post his death and just how mm. marred it was and just you know just how awful that was and that's going to have to appear multiple times in the film maybe even in some kind of actual modern representation and not just kind of the you know the, mm. the you know the, the classic like newspaper you know like mm. you know um picture that we've always seen it's i i i guess i'm just good on that and it, mm. and i and i and i'm very and i'm i'm not one of those people that's like stop making slave movies and stuff like that like i'm very great with like healthy historical depictions mm. of black triumph in the midst of oppression and historical caste systems but i'm also like there are just some things that I'm good on. And I and I guess I'm good on the worst, most grotesque, high-profile murder almost in black history, mm-hmm. besides the four girls in the Birmingham church. Mm-hmm. We, I don't want to see a film on... I, you know, Selma did a good job of like giving it just like a quick, like, that was awful, we move on. But like I'm good on like a film where like it's devoted to that because it's like then you have to maybe show the scene where they're like, navigating through the destruction and like finding body parts to identify i'm good like i'm like i'm I'm good on those types of like yeah like also don't show me a film where like you actually depict like all the babies that were murdered in bethlehem you know what i'm saying like Mm -hmm. during the christmas story like there's some things i'm just actually i'm good on you know yeah so i'm kind of i was the same way of like you're talking about um you know movies where (laughs) it's uh yeah, the whole the whole uh, what do you what do you say gag, gag me is that what you <laughs> that was yes gag me when you said that I was like oh yeah that's kind of how I feel about uh, yes. um, the Emmett Till movie I don't want to see another one of that I'm good you know, yeah so, I'm good and um, then, you know there are gonna be people who watch it and enjoy it and, and gain a lot from yeah, it and, and are yeah great for you I I, I think good. yeah I think I think <laughs> I'm good and I, I think even in my even in my most like chill moment at the house and I'm like what do I watch I just don't think that that's the one I'm gonna yeah. you know pop up you know but but you know I the, you know like the 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 horror era is dope I, there there's there's really cool black media today when you talk about shows like Atlanta for me is amazing um i sing atlanta's praises um it's donald glover um as rap rapper childish gambino but his actual name donald glover and and like or government and like such a dope show of just like he's a he's trying to be a a, a manager and an agent for his cousin which is very like that, that happens all the time in the black mm-hmm. community you know right, it's like right. why you know get this jewish or white guy that i that i don't you know Mm. know or you know trust but let me get you know this like you know my uncle or my and and sometimes that junk really backfires and sometimes it's it's awesome you know you know kawhi leonard's one of those that has a family Uh, representative yeah robert williams for uh the celtics and uh 
uh, former Aggie as well, mm-hmm. uh, game. Mm-hmm. His, uh, his mom, uh, part of the reason, he, he actually was drafted late first round, and a lot of people saw him falling. Some people attribute that to the fact that his mom, I think, is like his agent or something like that. Mm. But he's doing fine, so. Yeah, yeah, sometimes that really works, and I think sometimes that. Sometimes it works great, sometimes it's It right doesn't, there. yeah, mm-hmm. you know, you, you just. You just hope that you have a family member that has the expertise to pull it off, but, mm-hmm. it, but it's so much safer. Right. In a world where all you grew up with is people that look like you, oftentimes some of these mm-hmm. some of these athletes. And so, yeah, like it's just a cool story of just like this guy wants to manage for his cousin who's a rapper, and uh, he uh, and he just has his own beautiful story. And I think what's great about now the more complicated depictions of blackness is like, like let's talk about black sexuality mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying let's talk about like let's talk about like um black you know academics let's talk about black rappers in a different way like like just you know like we're definitely going to have an episode on like this misunderstanding of the violence in hip hop and you know how many rappers are being killed and things like that and like and how like it just you're you're literally like it like if you overly focus on how many rappers are being killed, you're literally forgetting that like someone's shot dead with a gun like every day in America. Mm-hmm. You know, not someone, mu- multiple. Man. You know, like mm-hmm. the dozens, probably hundreds of people. A day. You know, I don't know mm-hmm. what the actual statistic is. I need to look it up. But like, uh, but anyway, like you know, this the rapper in this show is like just a dude. It really goes through stuff. Like has mm-hmm. some like street beef and like. You know, he sells drugs and loves to smoke weed and, mm-hmm. you know, is trying to navigate what it looks like to be, like, a big kind of international, like, rap star and, like, what that looks mm-hmm. like. And they have a season where they're in Europe. And some people were out on it. I thought it was dope. Like, I just, like, black people just doing dope shit in Europe just sounds cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and, like, he has this, you know, like, uh, uh, Donald Glover, back to the, his the agent of the cousin rapper, like, he, like has a complicated love story which is really cool with another black woman and i just i love that i love i love black love being depicted in very complicated ways i love you know like black rappers being depicted in complicated ways they have the weird friend everyone has the weird black friend that's like on like legit weird like literally just says wild stuff like Mm, Kyrie. Yeah, like does time <laughs> exist? Like mad conspiratorial, you know, like you know, it's just stuff like that that I just think is really neat. And like, um, you know, like I said, I'm I, like that. That's just the kind of stuff to me where I'm just like, that is that is going to be media that just actually resonates with people, and it's not just like I see that and I have to like, I have to like invent some way to find myself in that because it's what society says about me it's like no i see that and it's like that's actually my lived experience and like and i love that we're even getting because like we did have this like this like rush of like black educational show like where like every black show was like oh let's have an episode on gentrification let's have an episode on black you know women's rights and abortion let's have an you know like which is cool and i think that is very informative but also like i'm not a walking textbook or encyclopedia i'm a complicated person with a life and hypocritical and you know complicated (laughs) you know like you know so it's like so it's like dope to see now a lot of black shows that are like um they don't feel like a sociological lesson they just feel like 
oh, that's just black people mm -hmm. just doing right, stuff. Right. And it's like they're obviously dealing with white supremacy, but it's just mm -hmm. black people just doing stuff. Yeah, that makes sense. I think that's a good way where um, it's you like kind of what you were saying earlier you have a lot of still the same tropes still the the um, pet or threat you know themes but you also have kind of a, a you know bit of progress with uh some shows are just depicting the complexities of blackness a little bit better movies um mm -hmm. <clears throat> and i think that's ideally where we kind of go um I don't know and I mean there is like still some sense of like you know I know a lot of people are still kind of focused on representation and uh, and that's cool I, like I understand there's a need for that but um, I also think that just in regards to like how you portray black people that might be more important than just the representation of let's make such and such black you know agreed uh, agreed because <laughs> there's like a there's like a mix right of uh, like so you look at someone like Will Smith Go ahead. like Will Smith has never actually had to be black in most of his movies, mm -hmm. right? So you look at like Wild Wild West, Independence Day, Hitch, Hancock. Like, matter of fact, there's a there's a scene in Hitch. It's like a perfect illustration of this. Like, he <coughs> you know runs into this white guy who's really problematic and mm -hmm. kind of creepy and is like trying to get Max like Munchkin or something like that. Yeah, yeah. he's trying to get like <laughs> Hitch advice so that he can like you know like I don't know, just try to. Get, I, I can't remember like his specific he's just kind of a nasty creepy guy uh -huh. and Will Smith like broad daylight just kicks him in the balls and walks mm -hmm. away black man white man broad daylight middle of the city let's be real cops mm -hmm. are coming you know what I'm saying that ain't no you know so he's like he's in a film he's not really black mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying like there's nothing that like there's nothing traditionally black that happens in like pulled over by the police suspect of criminality not like warmly immediately accepted in all spaces or considered like oh we we just assume that this person is smart and civilized and well-mannered no, no no like yeah like oftentimes that's not oftentimes that's never <laughs> like mm -hmm. the first assumption as blackness steps into white spaces and you even look at like zendaya and like doom mm -hmm. and like spider-man like even like a little bit of like um the greatest showman um, to an extent, like anyone can have that character. I mean, Greatest Showman. It kind of matters that she's black because it's kind of an interracial like thing. But like, mm -hmm. like she just she just is. Right. She doesn't really have to be black. Which I can't decide if I think that's dope or not. Mm -hmm. Because to me, I'm like I look at a show like This Is Us, where you have uh, yeah, a black guy that's adopted into a white family. It's a very white show as far as the world, mm -hmm. but there's a black family within that show that gets to be so authentically black. Yeah, or even him having, um, like, the flashbacks to his childhood and incorporating the struggle of his blackness in a white family yes. or his, him being black in white schools with possibly a white girl that he's taking to prom. Yeah. A racist, you know, like, yeah. that just kind of being in there as, like, a... That's just part of this is us. You that's know? real. That's li that's, that's like actual real, black life. Yeah. yeah, and we don't have to overly. We don't. You don't have to like make different social issues out of all of his black issues. It's just mm -hmm. like as a black person lives through life, mm -hmm. they have no choice but to experience these traumas right. because they live in a white supremacist society, right? Yeah. And I so I, I so I, like I said like, in one sense I'm like, well, it's kind of cool that a black person can be in a film mm -hmm. and just 
not have to nothing racist actually they're right, they're yeah. with all their white friends and there's like no microaggressions right. or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but then on the other side it's like but i do want for your live because it's like there is no black person that actually lives in america that never experiences racial trauma to some extent mm-hmm. in their day-to-day life and so yeah i just i can't decide which one i like i know which one i like more i can't decide if like the oh i can just be anything because uh-huh. even though i'm black i can be genie you know i can do whatever you know it's so funny like they tried to make Ariel black and everyone freaked out and like uh-huh. they made genie will smith and it was just like oh i just don't like the design it's like will smith gets to be he literally gets to just be like race neutral uh-huh. oftentimes yeah. Well, you know yeah it's funny because i think it's like like Ariel, there's nothing there. It, 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 you kind of reverse it of like Ariel mm. could be race new, like whoever she's a we don't, fish. We don't, she's a fish. <laughs> she's a mermaid. You know, do, do they even have black culture <laughs> under the sea? They <laughs> got it now, baby. They got it now, got baby. It now. You know what? Uh, Trident, black. Uh-huh. I don't care. Black. Go ahead. You know what if they made Ariel like like the Wakanda of like? <laughs> wait, 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 wait. Hold up. You were getting to a great point, but like. There's one thing that I just saw. There was an episode of Atlanta in the newest season where they have this whole episode of, like, what if a black man was the CEO of Disney? It's really funny. And the movie that they have him create is the Goofy movie. (laughs) And they say that it was the first black Disney (laughs) And it's this beautiful story of a good black dad with his kid. And I think... Talk. It was the funniest thing ever, and yeah, that was just funny. But like, <laughs> oh my gosh! But yeah, you were saying about uh, uh, Ariel. Well, no, I was yeah. just saying it's it's funny how people react the way they do to Ariel when there's like really no like racial context that that like if you're making a movie based on the world that we lived in, mm-hmm. then. Um, it kind of makes sense to like make a this is us what's his name randall Uh, randall yeah Mm -hmm. like a a randall who has these themes of being black and a white world but in ariel people throwing a fit of her being black in a world where we literally have no idea the significance of blackness (laughs) makes no sense but with genie it's just like oh you know i don't i actually don't remember the only thing i really remember was people were mad because uh um uh, who was it that played Genie and the... Oh, Robin Williams. Robin yeah, Williams. But, yeah, but he... Unfortunately, he passed. Yeah. There was no way to... Can't recast him, you yeah, know what I, I mean? I thought Will like, Smith was a perfect cast for... I thought he was fantastic. And I thought he did I, well. I knew he was going to be yeah. perfect for it, but... I like the no, movie. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> no, yeah, that is that is that is funny, though. Just uh, You could kind of reverse those and... <laughs> but people are just... I don't know. But I do think... Um, I, I guess with representation... I, I guess I'll chip in of, like... I'm fine with the Will Smith kind of neutral. Uh, I love Hitch. That's like top mm-hmm. two favorite movie. A good, good, great film. Um, and uh, well, <laughs> it's not a great film. It's one of the more enjoyable films that everyone loves. Yes, yeah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah like I, I absolutely love it. Yeah. Um, and I guess I just don't really care enough about his like racial traumas in a 
<laughs> Same, you know, honestly. Rom, rom I guess it kind of comes out in like Pursuit of Happiness a little bit. Yeah, yeah. And he did Ali, which one of my favorite movies. Uh, Even after yeah. he, I don't like. I, I guess he, Hitch could have been. Better. He shouldn't have slapped Chris Rock. Yes. So I haven't watched anything from Will Smith since. No, I've I don't Will forgive Smith. Will Smith oh, until God. Chris Rock forgives <laughs> Will Smith. That has been my path. Are when you a Chris, Chris Rock stand? Big time, okay, okay. bro. As Rook, because we're gonna we're gonna wrap it up here in like five minutes. But like, okay. like, like Chris Rock, like to me, besides his awful stand up where he did the like, um, you know, nigga versus black person thing, oh, yeah. uh, you know, where it's like, you know, like black people do this, but niggas, you know, they, <laughs> don't take care of their kids, you know, like that 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 was awful, and he uh, knew it was awful, and he realized eventually that that was awful. Uh, but bro, like. Chris Rock used to really ride for black issues, bro, yeah. and like talk about them in really nuanced, complicated, and yeah. class economic based ways. And just like, nah, we we really rocked for Chris Rock, and 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 shame on the black community. But we caught ourselves a couple of days after. But like, y'all immediately was siding with Will and his ridiculous yeah. behavior. Meanwhile, Chris Rock out here, a whole black legend that y'all let get slapped on international television at the Oscars. And didn't jump to his defense mm. because you had to support the other black man who had this weird, ambiguous situation with possibly Chris Rock knowing about his wife's lapisha. You know, like, does he? <laughs> yeah, come on, nonsense, bro. Uh, we we ride with Chris, bro. We mm. rock with Chris. Will was out of line, uh, and I don't forgive Will until Jada, <laughs> not Jada, uh, until Chris, <laughs> until Chris forgives Will. Which sounds like it'll be a cold day in hell before that happens, bro. They've had they like supposedly they've been. And he and Chris is just like I'm not ready, mm. you know. But like, and I look that will there's there's consequences for we we make we made choices, baby. We made choices. Uh, but I, but I but I but I get what you're saying. Like he does very occasionally have a black, like you know, Fresh Prince of Bel Air is obviously like uh, you know. But like often, pretty often a lot of times race neutral, and you're like uh, you're cool, you're you're pretty good. With I'm that. cool with it because I think you, I think you're allowed to go as a black actor into a movie without having to put your racial experience just out and about of yeah. like you know like your racial trauma doesn't have to be in every single film yeah or you know your experience like like i think actually hitch is a funny example because i think that it actually could have could have been um maybe better with like they had some interracial couples in there it could have mm. like been you know a cool thing to kind of see the struggles of of uh you, no, know. you think you think even Mendez was white if you didn't know any better. Yeah. The way she was depicted. <laughs> yeah, true. Or, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Or, like, yeah, Will Smith, you know, um right. um I'm trying to think of like I guess it didn't really matter with Albert and Allegra, but right. uh but no, like you I mean they could have added that and I'd never really thought about that until now, but like in general, like Hancock or you know, I think it's like I'm cool with black actors or black actresses going in there and it's just like we're just here to have a fun time yeah. and not really like I don't know, include our, you know, races. I, I hate to be like the, oh, you know, uh, no, I, I, keep race out of, you know. No, like, I know, but I'm I know saying. what you're saying. You're just like, on occasion, like, it's cool to just have black people in something. And like, so, like, yeah. I'll say this real quick as we close out. Like, recently, Dragon Ball put out their newest manga, their, some of their newest uh, chapters, mm. and Dragon Ball, Japanese anime. And there's really dope black representation as. Mm. The, the two main protagonists, their two sons are going to school, high school. And, bro, they got black dudes with, like, 
dope fades and like dope oh, yeah. hair and like uh, they got a black girl on there they got a black teacher on there like it's just like it's just stuff where it's just like and look i don't i guess of course we're not gonna get any like like racial commentary that's not the point mm-hmm. of the show it's like a buddhist allegory right, but like right. it's just they're just black and they're there and they're dope and i yeah, yeah that's yeah. just kind of cool it's like uh, yeah, yeah i feel kinda, what you're saying that's yeah. what i'm saying basically mm-hmm. like yeah it's just sometimes it's cool to just like they're just there you know yeah. um and sometimes it's a lot of the times it's cool to just you know have that extra piece and that extra context mm-hmm. kind of uh enhance the characters a little bit yeah yeah so if our goal was to be exhaustive we came up woefully short but if our goal was to give was to give a baseline that you can springboard off of and kind of get you know basically like you know like this is this is this healthy framework to like now see film and see mm-hmm. you know now when you see a horror film you know that it's loosely based off of birth of a nation <laughs> <laughs> the dangerous alien monster chasing mm-hmm. down the damsel in distress white woman mm-hmm. and you know the white savior and I love horror films, and not nearly all of them or any of them really are completely based off that trope. But there are a lot of them that a lot of that same script and trope kind of carries. And so now, now there's just a, a, a critical lens of analysis that you could have of like black representation in media and in culture that some of this framework hopefully hopefully helps. And for you, for you hoteps, for you black nationalists. I, I did not please you in this episode. Yeah, and if, I, uh, I just know. Umar is listening. Um, if Umar Johnson is listening, you hate me. But, but some you of, hate me. Right. <laughs> <laughs> some, some of y'all are getting a little close to Hitler territory, and we'll talk about that on another episode. But much love. Um, great episode. Fun. Love the topic. Um, of course, please hit up myself or Kennedy on social media. Email us at the moral more, the moral minority show at gmail.com. Um, hit us up on Twitter, Instagram. We love conversation. We love question. We're going to be more active with our Instagram, social media, Twitter, social media, and we love we love to just interact with y'all and mm-hmm. all the people that are listening a bunch. And our handles stuff. are in the um, they're in the description in the, the show notes. As well, mm-hmm. Absolutely. So much love fun episode hopefully it was informative peace out join us next time peace out